And welcome to Action Line. I'm your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me today, I have Carl Yucatel and Matthew Sill from Docks and Harbors. How are you both doing today? Doing great, Jordan. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And I did do your, say your last name right. Matthew? Absolutely. All right, good. I, we had a whole bit where I kept pronouncing uh, Matthew Cresswell's last name wrong or forgetting, and I felt so bad every time. But there's a couple of things that we have to talk about today. The first one I wanted to kind of kind of remind everybody is we got the, the bathrooms at... Ooh, I'm going to feel bad if I mess this up now. At Don D. Statter. At Statter Harbor. And I was out there. I did get some photos of that earlier this month, and that was that was a nice that was a nice event. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Jordan. Thanks for bringing it up, and thanks for coming out and covering it. But yeah, on the uh, 16th of June, we had the ribbon cutting event for uh, the new bathrooms out at Statter Harbor. They turned out very very nice. Um, we had the Statter family on hand, and uh, including Anita, Mrs. Don. Statter, who was uh, had the ceremonial scissors and cut the ribbon. Um, we had uh, uh, Katie Peichel, uh, JD graduate, that sang the national anthem and the uh, uh, in the Alaska flag song. We had speakers from uh, uh, Dawson Construction and PND, the engineer of record, as well as Don Etheridge, the chair of uh, Docks and Harbors, as well as Matthew Sill. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised you guys actually had the comically oversized scissors. I always just thought that was a joke, and then I saw them, and I was like, "Oh, guess those are real." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a great uh, a great ribbon cutting, and we're we're super happy with the uh, the job Dawson did, and we're I guess now with that complete, we're moving on to kind of the next uh, eventually the next phase of uh, finishing that parking lot. Gotcha. Now, I also know the big thing that I want to hit with you both today is that there are new board members for Docks and Harbors as of the meeting that CBJ had last night. Yeah, that's right, um, Jordan. So last night, the assembly um, reappointed uh, Don Etheridge and Mark Ridgeway, as well as appointed uh, Mr. Shem Suit and Al Wall um, to three-year terms. So we're looking forward to working with Mr. Wall and Mr. Suit in the... uh, uh, coming weeks, we'll, we'll uh, I'll reach out to him today and offer to bring him by and give him a, a one-on-one and we'll have him walk through the harbors with us and bring him up to speed. So we're excited to have uh, new blood on the board and there's never a shortage of, uh, of uh, activity that the, the board is pursuing. So it's always good to um, refresh our board with, with, uh, with new members. No, definitely. I see that they're on three-year terms. That's correct. Okay. And then you also have a board meeting coming up, or did that already happen? I might have my internal calendar a bit confused. Yeah, we have a, a meeting tomorrow, 5 o'clock, um, via Zoom, as well as room 224. Uh, fairly light agenda, but I'm sure that uh, there'll be enough big thoughts in the room that will go for two hours or so. But, uh, yeah, it's a, we have a, um, a few items uh, that should go qu- fairly quickly. We have to um, transfer some money back and forth from uh, a, from what's in our um, Aurora Harbor project to our Statter Harbor project. So we, we borrowed some money to uh, enable a ward of uh, Aurora Phase 3, and now we have to pay um, back the Statter project, and then we have new money coming in with the start of new fiscal year. So that's just more, that's very, um, very administrative. Um, Matthew is going to talk about uh, DIPAC, and we have a little property um, issue that we've got to resolve with that. 
Ooh, I'm already intrigued. What's, so what's the issue that you're having? Yeah, so we've been working for quite some time to transfer, uh, transfer the property. So I guess back in uh, 2008, 2012, DIPAC did an expansion, a fill expansion, and built a couple new buildings, their raceway building and their, and their uh, storage building. And we have been working with the state ever since to try and get those, the land that they built on transferred to the city so that we can lease the property back to them. And so uh, it's, kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of a complicated process that has kind of languished for quite a long time. And we are in the process of taking that to completion and getting the property uh, transferred to us and then leased back to uh, the people that are actually using it. Okay. And then maybe just break down for the, the benefit that the city gets out of that by leasing that property back. Sure. Um, so we collect revenue for the tidelands that, uh, that we own that are used by various companies. And uh, so DIPAC, the, the property they're sitting on currently, they lease that from, they lease those tidelands from the city. And uh, their expansion, they are already leasing it from the city, but this kind of ties a bow on the, the property ownership. Okay. And so that, if I so if, if I may on the kind of um, philosophically at the state level, DNR owns almost all the other properties in the state that's not either federal or in municipal or private ownership. And so there's in state law, they allow the local municipalities to petition for that property if there's an economic local development nexus. So in this case, we can petition and we have petitioned more than 10 years ago for this property. And now we're just uh, kind of, as Matthew said, we're putting a bow on it so that uh, all the plats are complete and um, everybody everybody is happy with the alignment of the lot lines. Gotcha. Sort of, sort of wrapping up the paperwork for it. As, so exactly right. Okay. Gotcha. And so, and that's, that's on the agenda as well. Now, Matthew, I actually have a couple of things that I want to talk to you about. I have a full bullet point list yes. here. First of all, as mentioned earlier, Aurora. So we're moving on to Aurora Phase 3, from my understanding. Is absolutely. That right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we should be having our pre-construction. You know, we've selected a contractor by this point. Uh, Tricano Construction won the, won the award. Um, the, we should be having a pre-construction meeting either this week or next week, and uh, which will kick off uh, kind of the beginning of the construction work on that project. The, the big question mark in, this, in our mind right now is when the work will take place. Um, it's very, very dependent on supply chain, and it's very dependent on the manufacturing ability of the float manufacturer in, in Washington state. So um, our plan is to have it done by Memorial Day 24, um, or in that around there. Um, and uh, the question mark now is, does construction begin in November, December, or does it, does it begin January, February? But, um, but we, we are well into the process of completing the next round of floats for um, Aurora Harbor. Okay. And so, and then what would, maybe break down, so obviously we have the new floats, but I now understand that's not the only part of phase three, or is that the main focus of phase three? Phase three is only floats. We, okay. we were very constrained um, budget-wise, and so we sat down and said, what can we, uh, what can we accomplish? I think the, the biggest thing that people are interested in is we will be putting back the gangway that was taken out when we did the demolition, and so there's folks that have, uh, that have boats kind of on the, the 
north end of the harbor and now they're having to walk all the way to the sea ramp to to get out to their car um we're going to be putting the the gangway back um and so it will be there will be a little better access i I do want to make make sure your listeners know it is floats but it's also with electrical and water Mm. and uh stalls or slips for 60 foot vessels so it is floats but it's also electrical and water Right. Okay. And that's why I was like, that's why I want to double check. Cause it's like, I, I figured the floats were a part of that, but I figured it wasn't just those alone. Right. Cause obviously if we're going to be having vessels in there, you're going to need those other things as well. No, we have a, a full suite of the, the electrical water, fire safety, uh, life rings, lighting. Um, it'll be a full service facility like our others. Okay. Gotcha. Now I do have at least one more thing I want to hit before we uh, get out of the first half here because we only got about a minute and a half left in this first half. I saw a conversation about uh, lighting because Carl sends me some things to talk about beforehand. So what is going on with lighting? Yeah, we have a consultant uh, Morris Engineering Group that's working on a a couple different lighting plans for the parking lot at Douglas. Uh, one of the safety concerns that's been brought to us is the just how dark it is in our parking lot. It's been a to do list on our on our project list for years um so initially we're just putting two light poles um kind of by the uh the two gangways there in douglas harbor um to provide a little security lighting for the folks that are living out there and parking out there um we have also a larger plan to uh light the whole parking lot but that's conceptual at this point okay so it's just sort of it's patching up i I don't want to say a problem per se but it's fixing up something that almost when you're saying it's a, a lighting issue, it almost kind of comes off across to me as that's something that should have been done a while ago. Like you said, it's been on the to-do list for some time. And so, I mean, it feels like it's a fairly straightforward one, just putting up the light poles. But I imagine it's probably not. There's been a lot of steps to actually get that done, or has it just been a funding thing? It's it's largely a funding thing. It's it's very difficult to finish parking lots when we have harbors that are falling apart. And so we, we prioritize getting our floats back together and our harbors back together. And and admittedly, Douglas Harbor parking lot has languished for many years, and we are it's on our list, and we are we are working on it. Um, but it's hard. Okay. We are going to move into our first break. When we come back, I'll maybe talk to you a bit more about, you know, the process of, you know, doing those sort of fix-ups and renovations on there, as well as talking to you about a couple other things I have on my list. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And welcome back to Action Line. I'm your host, Jordan Listen. Joining me still, I have Carl Yucatel and Matthew Sill from Docks and Harbors. Now, I understand there's actually more lighting Absolutely. that we needed to hit. Absolutely, yeah. So we have a couple of uh, lighting safety projects over in Douglas Harbor. Um, and the other one is we have put a, uh, a light pole at the top of the Douglas Harbor launch ramp. Um, and one of the, the longstanding complaints that we've heard is, uh, particularly in the fall and winter when people are going hunting, there are no lights anywhere near that, that launch ramp. And so people are launching in the dark. They're retrieving their boats in the dark. It's not, it's not particularly safe. And so we just completed the installation. We, we brought in Chatham Electric and they brought in a pole for us and brought in a street light for us and uh and we did a little uh, uh we had some help from secon to get some cables into the ground so or some conduit into the ground so yeah we just completed the installation of a of a, of a, a light pole to improve the safety at the, the the douglas harbor launch ramp as well okay and now when you were sort of breaking it down to you know there is that sort of list of priorities for what goes first when it comes to getting those sorts of repairs and things done and so I think it's interesting that you know that obviously getting the harbor itself being as functional as possible is always the top priority. But then we get to lighting, which would tie into like a safety thing. And so it's interesting to me that that would be a bit lower on the spectrum 
I'm not not that it's not as important, but just that it's not a thing higher up on the list, I guess, is my thought on that. I think a lot of it depends on where the funding comes from. You know, the, the state provides matching grant funding to build harbors. And so so we use our, our we try to leverage every every dollar we have against some sort of funding source. And so the the Department of Transportation provides a, a grant that we apply for, we compete for, and we, we use it's a fifty fifty match to use to build marine facilities. And so those are competitive grants and so we we, we put in as much harbor work at their harbor grants um, and so the uplands tend to not have as reliable a source of funding and so so that's that's why it's been difficult to light the uh, to light the uplands there is the, the funding is just harder to, to get a hold of and in contrast you've got the Statter harbor and it's more finished more polished more trees more vegetative cover and uh, you can look back that uh, that was a lot of that is is funded with passenger fees and so there is no, uh, there is no nexus to um, cruise passengers at Douglas Harbor. So that's why it's more difficult to save, build up our fund reserves to and go out with a approximately a five million dollar uh, curb gutter paving project at uh, Stadler, or at, I'm sorry, at Douglas Harbor. But it's on our list, and so we we chip away at. Uh, uh, where we can for safety and security and add lights when we can and when we hear from harbor patrons when we went out with our um, fee proposal increase some in fee proposal that's one thing that we was loud and clear from the douglas residents that uh, um, they they felt unsafe at times in the winter uh, and really demanded um, uh, uh, security lights Gotcha. And I think you hit a very important point there in your response where you mentioned, you know, that a good chunk of the funding for the Statter Harbor permits were those passenger fees. And it's that you have those those cruise ships folks going through there. Now, I am not saying that we need to do that for Douglas, but it is an interesting way of noting, okay, well, that's why there is that increase in funding there. And that's why there is that sort of additional polish on that. It's not so much a, you know... It's not a priority list thing. It's like, where does the funding go? Where does it come from? And thus, where does it get reapplied? Yeah. I often say that we chase, we may not chase, we may not pursue the number one priority, but we will chase the opportunities that give us the best chance for funding. There we go. Now, next up on my list of topics here is the Harris Harbor Gate. What's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. So traditionally, um, in, in Juneau and in southeast Alaska, we do not have um, gated, secured harbors. Um, it's very common uh, outside. It's very common in the lower 48, um, but it's not uh, something that we have traditionally done here. However, we have heard, um, again, the safety issues. And one of the requests that our patrons and our board have, have made is they would like us to try out um, the installation of a security gate. And so we've been working on a plan to come up with something that will allow, um, you know, it'll be it'll be open during the day, uh, secured during the night, key fob access, you know, some lights, this sort of thing. But the gist of it is, is we are pursuing uh, securing that facility with some sort of a gate structure um, so that after uh, a certain time, I think uh, seven or eight, sometime in the evening, um, it will be uh, key fob access only. You'll always be able to get out. But, but getting back in um, will be key fob access only. And <clears throat> we hope to address some of the security concerns that uh, our patrons and our board have brought to us using that system. Okay. And speaking on that front, I mean, how long has there been you know, those security concerns? Is that more of a recent phenomenon or has that been for some time now? I think when you look back just locally, I, I think most 
Junoites would say something happened maybe seven years ago or eight years ago where you just I know I started locking my locking my doors in my house and previous to that I never locked my doors and so there was just a, a time I don't know what the what the tipping point was but I think over the well, I'm gonna say last seven eight years it just seems like we've had more issues with um, petty theft and um, and nefarious activity I can't pinpoint uh, the, the cause but okay I don't think you know we would be the three of us here in the studio are not going to be the ones to really be able to pinpoint that cause but it is an interesting question to think about because especially because you know and this is probably my you know having grown up in Anchorage I you know I would lock everything that was just kind of standard practice for me but then to hear a lot of these sorts of security things only really happening now that makes me wonder okay well what what has changed for the community to kind of create the need for those things you know what I mean yeah I mean it's not something we want to do right I mean it's uh, you know allocate you know uh, resources that uh, we'd rather use for other projects and we're going to use it for hardening our facilities which we do so reluctantly but we do so listening to um uh, our harbor patrons that we serve. So our, our, our goal with this this project, and it's sort of in the early planning stages, but our goal is to make kind of a gateway um, to the to the harbor, simply because in Southeast Alaska and Juneau, we are we are unaccustomed to the idea of of secured um, secured harbors, and you know we don't want it to feel like a prison, right? We want it to be uh, an entrance. We want it to be um, something that makes people they look at it and they say, "Oh, I like that." I, you know, you, you don't want it to just you know be covered in razor wire and expanded metal. You know, you want you want it to be a nice looking thing. So we're sort of trying to to bridge that gap between security and and something that we can be proud of to look at. Gotcha. Now I have one more thing here, which will be lighter in tone, I'm fairly certain, which is this uh, potpourri. What's that about? I oh. saw that, and I'm like, do you mean potpourri? Like, what are we talking about? Well, I was just going to throw out as far as coordinating what we could talk about today and just some of the odds and ends that Docks and Harbors has got going on. And so, for example, one thing that the, the board's been very laser-focused for the last maybe two years is uh, a, rate, a rate study and rate um, increase. So we are looking... Um, we have a, we have we have a rate study that was conducted by HDR engineers who was completed um, in 2022. The board accepted that rate study. We've went out with uh, public. Um, we did a couple public meetings. The board is elected to go forward with a 9% increase across all applicable rates in the, both the docks enterprise and the harbor enterprise. And uh, so right now uh, um, we're gonna be getting, we, I, I produce some uh, trifolds. We'll be getting out to our, our uh, patrons, both via mail and in our harbor uh, offices, just trying to get the word out that we, um, the, the board, will be directing staff in August to go out with a 9% rate increase and to establish a, um, a, uh, a public hearings in, in September. So it's just, we don't, we try to be as transparent as we can. It's just an opportunity to, to, to let the public know that no action is being taken right now for the summer, but we want to get the word out and so that nobody is surprised that when the assembly, when the, when the board um, makes a recommendation to the assembly probably in October to increase rates 9%. We just want to get the word out as, uh, 
as uh, efficiently as possible. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm looking at my clock here. It turns out we are actually out of time. So I'd like to thank you both for coming on and taking the time to chat with me. Thank you. It's always nice catching up with Docs and Harvey's, and I'll see you again next month. Thanks for having us, Jordan. Thank you very much. All righty. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY.